This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy web show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Arada, and today I'm having a drink and a chat with a lady who's going to help me decipher the pet parent psyche. I'll tell you all about her and introduce you as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with an author, an entrepreneur, a dog and cat lover, an adventure seeker. She's a Girl Scout volunteer for 11 years, a Boy Scout parent for 14 years. She's wife to Tom, mom to Tom, Dan, and Claire, cat ma to 13-year-olds, Phantom and Sloth, She's from the Jersey Shore, the good one. Not the bad one you see on TV, she says. <laughs> She's Amy Toman of Pet Sitter SEL. Welcome, Amy. I'm know, so excited to have you on the I'm show. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed with that intro. It, it just, it's a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, it. I want to share who you guys are outside of your professional resume. I want to get to know my guests a little bit better than just like, oh, they founded this company in this year and now they have this title. I want to know more about you. So before I go any further, though, anybody participating in our drinking game tonight, anytime you hear this word, the secret word is Google. Make sure you take a drink of whatever it is you're enjoying, but please be over the legal drinking age wherever you're watching from. Never drink and drive and always drink responsibly. What are you drinking tonight, Amy? Okay, this is one of my favorite wines. Uh, this is a blend. It's a white blend. And I don't know if you can see this. It's from, yeah. it's called Ugly Duckling. You'll have to look up online to see what the, what the various components are, but it's Ugly Duckling and it's from, and I don't know if you can see this, it's from a local winery near me called Working Dog. And they're in, I think, Robbinsville, New Jersey. And I absolutely love it. It's a nice Cheers. Drink. That sounds good. So you're sitting in Central Park having a glass of wine. How wonderful. I am. I am. That's actually the Dakota right behind me. Yes. Very wonderful history filled the, the Dakotas. You know what? I like to pretend this whole, the whole point of this show is to pretend that we're at a bar or having a picnic and having a glass of wine. So we're basically pretending we're in uh, Central Park and actually I'm drinking white wine as well. And I'm drinking a perfect picnic wine. Oh. This is called Akiyoshi. It's called Akiyoshi. 
It is sugar cube blanc. I mean, it's a sweet white wine, which I normally don't go for sweet wines, but it's very springy today. And I'm a member of um, nakedwines.com where they send me wines and they have this great like six pack of whites. And I was like, I don't even want to know what they are. Just send them to me. So this I love is one that. and it's delicious. Yeah, definitely. Especially COVID times. I'm not going shopping for wine. Just send it to my door. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Thanks for being on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm going to have a little bit of mine as well. Uh, Please do. Enjoy. So I I always introduce this show with a game. And I want to play a game with you to kind of warm us up for the conversation. I know you have no idea what to expect because I was like, you know what? We're going to talk about the psyche of pet people. But you're not a psychologist and you're not uh, necessarily like a super duper pet crazy pet person you don't call yourself like the crazy cat lady but we're still going to talk about your knowledge of pets around the world that is the name of this game and are you ready to play yes sounds fun as most of my games it's a true or false game so you have 50 percent chance of getting all of them right i love it i love it <laughs> all right so The first one, Argentina, Mexico, and Brazil have the highest percentage of pet owners in the world. True or false? True. It is true. (laughs) Cool. According to calmsage.com, that is, I have not verified the authenticity of any of these statistics. Women are most likely to have a cat or a dog as a pet, while men are more likely to have fish or birds as pets. True or false? False. According to calmsage.com, that is true. Again, I have no idea what kind of men, what kind of women. I'm assuming they mean single women and men. Wow. I don't know. Interesting. Very interesting. interesting, right? I have no idea. All right. Next one. Dogs are the most popular pets in the United States with almost 50 million households owning at least one dog. True or false? I thought it was cats. I will say false because I think it's cats. That's really interesting you should say that. So according to calmsage.com, there's more cats than dogs in the US. Right. According to worldatlas.com, that is true. There are more dogs than cats. So I think it depends on when you're taking the statistic. So both answers fly. You are good to go on that <laughs> one. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Depends on who you ask. All right. Cats are some of the oldest known pets with scientists discovering that a cat was being kept as a pet in Cyprus more than 9,500 years ago. True or false? Yes, true. It is true. Isn't that so cool? No wonder they love themselves so much. They're like, we're the original. It's the OG. I like that. <laughs> like in the Egyptian art, if you ever look at there was like Egyptian art and you, you see them in there as well. Absolutely. I love the fact that there's like hieroglyphics of cats and stuff. Like it's so cool. Exactly. Um, and they're always so poised and elegant as they are now on their cat trees in our living rooms. Mine have moments when they're not, when elegant is not quite the word. But yeah, belly rub, guess- belly rub time. Some can be a little, you know, and you just kind of look at them and you go, do you have to have your feet straight up in the air when you're doing <laughs> That's a lot of like visual, right? Sometimes yes. cats can really, I used to have a client that was had a really great sense of humor and he had like magnets of like, cat bottoms on his fridge so all you saw was like the tail the little bottom and the legs it was kind of hilarious it made me smile every time they're also like uh what is it a jacket jacket hooks you know coat hooks that you can get that it's like the end the back end of a cat the back end of the cat (laughs) they always made me smile so i guess they're worth the investment all right 
Two more questions. 44% of French households have pets. True or false? True. It is true. The French love their pets. Wow. Last one. Dogs are the most popular pets in Europe. True or false? I would say true. It's actually false. According to World Atlas, they are the ones that have more cats than dogs in Europe. Wow. 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 I would not think that because just, just you know, from nothing other than just what I read and all. That's interesting. I did not know that. I agree. I have family in Spain. I go to Spain almost every year outside of COVID experience. And I don't think I've ever met a cat inside a house as a pet. Like I've seen cats outside, but most of the pets I've met in Spain are dogs. So I was surprised by that as well. So you are in a kind of a special place. I wanted to know if you personally consider yourself a part of the pet care industry or if you consider yourself a part of the IT industry, because what you do is mostly online. It is. You know what? I've told this line for quite a bit and quite a few years. This will, I actually started working with pet sitters six years ago and I started my business, let me make it four years ago. And I've always said, I've been very clear. I am not a pet sitter. I am not, I do not do pet care, but I respect everyone who does because y'all have a lot more patience than I do. Because I think some things I would just be like, oh, it's raining, it's cold. And then they're, <laughs> they're every, all y'all are out there, you know, getting the snow out of the way, getting to these homes, getting to these. I'm just not that good. I want to, I want to sit inside. I've got like my little warmies on. I'm sitting in front of my monitors, getting stuff done. In as much as I sometimes wish I was a little bit more, you know, involved, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with kind of, like I said, being on the periphery, knowing a lot of people, being happy, you know, to speak with those people, but still the periphery is okay. It's interesting because most people watching may not even know what it is you do. So do you mind giving us a tiny glimpse as to what an SEO specialist like you does? Okay. Well, it's funny because an SEO is, does SEO. Um, <laughs> What SEO is, SEO, I am a person who does the thing called SEO, but those people are also called SEOs. What I do is I optimize websites and peripherally, tangentially, Google my business listings so that they come up higher for people. And I specialize in working with pet care people. And it could be pet sitters, it could be groomers, it could be daycares, kennels, boarding facilities. It's all generally kind of falls within my area of expertise so to speak. Okay. Well, I know what you do because I hired you to do it before I had to close Thank down you. my business. Thank <laughs> you. I remember us having a conversation over the phone and you were like, just giving immediately, like looking at my website, giving me feedback. And I was like taking notes because that's just the kind of person I am. And I was implementing things as you were saying it to me. Cause I was like, I mean, this is an expert giving me free advice. So I'm going to implement it right now. Well, and that was the thing is that when people call me, I should just tell them at the outset, I do video calls now too. I do video consultations partially because I want them to see what I'm looking at. But that's the thing. I should tell people at the outset, I hope you have your crayons ready. Yes. <laughs> I usually get a little into it. So it's hard to, for me to make, to no, just I say to it. somebody, yes, hire me. It's more like, <laughs> okay, do this, 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 this. And if you want to hire me, let me know tomorrow. You know? Yeah, it's exactly. You were like thinking out loud. You were like kind of like doing the review of our website as you were speaking to me being like, this needs to be this and this needs to be that. So do you enjoy working with pet people? I really love it because... I know this is like a little bit of a hero complex thing, but I really feel like I'm helping small businesses survive. I love our industry. I don't think that all pet people are super social. So you have to kind of 
like the people that we meet at conferences are usually the extroverts, the extroverts within the industry that want to meet other people, or they're able to be extroverts for like the three day conference and then go home and decompress for two weeks. But then you have other people who don't, don't want to go to the conferences. They just want to work with pets. They don't want to deal with the humans. And the problem with the pet care industry is that it's not just about pets. It's also about humans. It's about the pet parent. I remember going to a meeting with my attorney years ago, and I don't even remember what I was meeting with my attorney for. It was our first meeting. And he said that he had one other client that was in the pet care industry. And he said that he's very different from you. He's very quiet. He's like, you're going to be fine because you're such a people person. And he said, that's not common in your industry. And you know, what's funny is it's really not that common. And the people go into this work because they love the animals dealing with the pet parent is secondary. But at the same time, we have to have a way to connect the pet parent with the pet sitter or the pet care provider, the dog trainer, whomever, we have to find a way to connect them. And sometimes the pet sitters don't have any sales experience. They don't have any marketing experience. They want to keep things humble. They don't even see themselves as, as that important, right? They see themselves as just the pet care provider. But see, that's the, that's the problem is that even people who I've spoken with people who seem like they have a little bit of a, like a cognitive dissonance going on, but even they know I have to put this out there because if not, I'm not going to be found. And that's, what's really hard is because sometimes you kind of need to push them a little bit. I don't want to get too far into this discussion yet, because I have all sorts of questions for round two, as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Arada, and today I'm talking to Amy Toman, who is an SEO, or SEO, Search Engine Optimization Specialist, and she is going to play another game with me because I want to really delve into the psyche of a pet parent who's looking to hire a pet care provider. So this next game, Amy, it's called Petty Personalities, and we're going to talk about what the kind of pet one has says about one's personality. Ooh, this should be fun. (laughs) All right. So again, it's a true or false question. We have six of them and you are probably going to get them all right. They're kind of self-explanatory. And before anybody gets mad at me about what these questions mean and what they say, I pulled these questions from two scientific studies. Okay. So don't get mad at me if you don't like what they say. One of them, one of the studies is a Michigan state university study about personalities and pets. And the other one is a university of Texas at Austin study about personalities and pets. So 
lots of research out there on this topic, which is really kind of fascinating. Cool. This will be fun. <laughs> All right. First question. Extroverts tend to raise excitable, active dogs. True or false? Wow. Yes. True. True. It is true. According to Michigan State University, the pets really mimic our personalities. So if you're excitable, so are your dogs. <laughs> All right. Next one. Pessimistic owners raise dogs that are more anxious, fearful. True or false? True. According to that same study, it is true. That's sad. Isn't it? That Michigan State study is only about dogs. I don't know exactly how the personalities of a cat parent influence their cat specifically, but these next questions will talk about cats a little more. Next question. Dog people tend to be more self-disciplined than cat people. Yes, definitely. It's true. They are more self-disciplined than cat people. That was a surprise to me, actually. Was it? Was it? I find it because dogs want to eat at a certain time. They want to go for a walk at a certain time. They're more demanding about attention. So I definitely, definitely understand. Cats, especially cat sitters, have told me that one of the reasons why some of them go towards that is because cats are less demanding about their schedule. They're aware of their schedule, but they're just, they're not as, you know, they don't stick to it as much. So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, those are good points. I totally see that. Cat people tend to have a stronger sense of duty than dog people, true or false? False. You're right. Absolutely right. The ones that have a strong sense. To walk the dog, don't you? You have to be home to walk the dog, feed the dog. And I think that's much more of a, oh my God, you know, it's five minutes after I was supposed to feed the dog. And I think that that's, because we had a dog. We had um, had two dogs for a total of, I can't remember, 15 years. And that was always my thing is if we weren't home by like, you know, say the dog is supposed to eat at five. If we weren't home by 5.01, I was losing it. I was just, you know, the dog needs us. Exactly. No, it's true. I mean, it's why we had what it's why I had a business to begin with. <laughs> it was the yeah. dogs needed their walk and the dogs needed to be out every so often and they needed their meals at a specific time. And unless a cat is being medicated, you're right. They're more easy to fit into a schedule when somebody's traveling. All right. Next question. Cat people tend to be curious, creative, free thinkers. True. It is absolutely true. Oh, you're doing really well on this game. All right. Next one. Cat people are less agreeable than dog people. And again, this is not my opinion. This is based on a study from the University of Texas at Austin. (laughs) I agree. It is true. They are less agreeable than dog people, according to this study. That's such a nice way to phrase it, too. (laughs) It's really funny. I feel like cat people are very discerning about their cat's care. And I've shared this before on this show. I had a cat client demand that we brush their cat's teeth during visits and the cat didn't know us and the cat wouldn't let us do it and she was like just do it and we were like we can't just just do it so we never had like that kind of like that kind of demand from a dog person they kind of understood that dogs were more variable i guess and this person was this human was less variable in her expectations so in my experience caring for cats and dogs and their people for 12 plus years i do agree that Cat people tended to be less agreeable. Sometimes they were way super agreeable, like super easygoing, like not. But when they were particular, they were very particular. Yes, yes, I can see that. Are you a particular cat person? We're not really that like, you know, oh, this has to be done now. Or, you know, we cater to them a little, 
but I don't think we're like nuts about it. So when you're looking for a service provider, whether it be a pet care provider or even like, I don't know, a cleaning service or a landscaping service, when you go online, what do you look for? Because you know how these websites work. So what exactly, maybe what are your top three things that you look for on a website? Oh, the first thing I was going to say, the, the, the only two things that I really look for, one of them is that they're nearby so that they, they are come to my area. And the other one is reviews. I don't just look at reviews. But I look at I look at the content of the reviews and sometimes and I don't know if anyone else does this and this is not just services this is also products I sometimes go in and I look at the the worst reviews first yes. because the worst reviews sometimes tend to give more detail as to why they're unhappy as opposed to I love them they're great and then they move on ah good point you know I hate to say this because I look at them all day and I've been working with them and I'm trying to tell people how to get good reviews. For somebody to get, you know, a preponderance of bad reviews tells me not only that they're not, they're not necessarily somebody who who knows how to get along with people, but also they just don't care. And so in as much as I don't necessarily trust somebody who's got all good reviews, I shouldn't say that because I have a lot of nice ones. So, and thank you, everyone is left. But, um, but I think that there's a sweet spot there. It has been shown that there's a sweet spot somewhere between about 4.4 and about 4.8. Yes. And I've seen that study as well. And I know that yes. every nobody believes the fully five stars, like really, truly, like, are you paying for these reviews? Why do you I'll not have now, any now if you want? <laughs> Just kidding. On Google, we have like 32 five-star reviews. But on Facebook, we had like a four something because all of them were fives except for one client who just didn't give us a five. She gave us a four. She liked us. She said nice things, but we weren't worthy of a five in her mind. And that's fine too. But I did see the same study that you're referring to where it was like, there's kind of like a sweet spot, like too many fives, maybe anything less than three and a half. mm, Not so good. Yeah. And you know, like I said, there is a sweet spot because you know what? nobody's perfect. And I think everybody knows that, that nobody's perfect. So like I said, it's not that I don't trust people who have all fives. I just want to see detailed reviews. That's why when I tell people like, you know, if you can discuss with the people, you know, who are happy with your service, all I said, ask them to put in detail, right? Ask them to put in four or five sentences, talk about what service on your website that they received that they were happy with. You know, if you can possibly say the area, because again, the more detail that they provide, the better it is for people reading the reviews and trying to decide, is this company for me or not? You know, And, and that's, I think that's the thing is the more information that they give out, the more they're helping other people. And I mean, I'm definitely the same thing. I ask people all the time. I say, could you please mention, you know, that we did, you know, whatever it is in phone consultation or whatever, and just say, you know, what you were happy about. And, you know, for the most part, if you'd say that to people, they will do it. I don't know about you, but I find these little, you know, oh, she was wonderful. I find those useless. So I like to read ones that have more kind of meat to them. Sometimes the, the bad reviews are inevitable. Sometimes, sometimes I can tell you my first Yelp review ever at the WAG pack was a lady who we had to decline services because her dog was aggressive to the point where we could not enter the home when we arrived to provide services. And she was only going to hire us once a month. So this dog was never going to get to know us. 
on that kind of a schedule. So I said, based on once a month scheduling, I don't have anybody who's going to feel safe taking this dog out. He was a huge dog, like a cane Corso Rottweiler mix. He was big. big, He was scary because he was like having this guttural growl and we had to like sit in the kitchen and like sneak out. It was very scary. And I had to decline services. And she called me lacking in compassion because I wouldn't care for her dog. But obviously she was thinking of that from a pet parent's perspective. And I was thinking of it from a, an employer's perspective where I could not put my staff member in danger. And I went to see the situation and I couldn't put myself in danger either. So I responded to that review and it's still there, even though the WAG pack is, doesn't exist. This was in like in 2010 and, and it's still there. Does the response matter to you? What a great question. Yes. And here's the thing, you've lost that person anyway. So your response shouldn't be geared towards them. Your response should be geared towards the people reading it who've not used you. And this is my plea to pet parents who are listening or watching on YouTube. Please reach out to the company first before resorting to Google, Facebook, Yelp. Please reach out to the company first. Please inform them of what went down. Hopefully they will rise to the occasion, make things right for you, discuss any misunderstandings, expectations not being met, etc. But please give them the opportunity before you go online because you could really be hurting a business by taking that reaction public as opposed to an email. And always give small businesses the benefit of the doubt. I think a lot of times whenever we got complaints, which was very rare for us, like truly it was very rare because we had such a great team. But whenever we had some kind of like a nasty gram come in, it was usually a misunderstanding. It was usually something that was not that their expectation was different or we did things differently or we left something in a different place than they expected or we didn't post the their pet's picture that night on Facebook because we don't post in real time. They thought we did. So they were like, if you didn't post, then you must have not been there. Things that maybe they don't understand about the way the business operates. So I always beg pet parents, whether it's a pet industry business you're working with, a restaurant, something completely unrelated, always go to the source first. Let them make it right or give them the opportunity to explain before you go public and, and ruin their yeah, reputation. Which is, which is good because like I said, a lot of times once it's been posted, they're done, you know? So that's good to hear. That's a really good request. You're right. It's true. It's true. So tell us how can pet professionals reach out to you and learn more about your services? And I think that what the biggest thing is you have the secret on how to ask for Google reviews. I mean, pet professionals watching, you need to get in touch with this lady because I mean, that's, that's truly where the fortunes are made these days on getting people to review your businesses and, and, and people aren't always that, you know, keen on doing it. They just get busy and forget. Well, a couple things. I have two things that I've kind of narrowed my services to. One is the an SEO audit where I look at the entire website and I look at everything from your technical structure to your content. And the other is the Google My Business audits. And the reason why I actually call them action plans, Google My Business action plan, is because I do have at the end marketing. I have a schedule as to when you should do something, when you should upload something, check something, respond, whatever. But in that Google My Business action plan, there's about two pages on nothing but reviews, why you really need them, even if you think you don't, how Google uses them, how they use the contents. So then, and a lot of it, it's not necessarily me saying something, kind of giving you, it's like, oh, I've heard this, I've heard that. I have a lot of resources, a lot of articles that have been written, studies that have been done, 
a lot of information like that, that you wouldn't think like, why would somebody even bother, you know, studying this, but it's for this very reason so that we kind of know what's the best way to proceed. So that, and it's scary because if for something that's like a little, you know, Google my business listing like this, right. They usually average out to about 20 pages, if you can believe that. And wow. I said that to somebody recently and they're like, it's not Google My Business listings are not that I said, I know, but there's a science between about a lot of the things that are in there. So I'm around, I am on Facebook. I have Pet Sitter SEO on Facebook. My personal, just, you can also message me my personal Facebook, which is Amy. I think it's, yeah, it's just Amy Toman. And I sometimes have my, I sometimes have my maiden name in there, but it's Amy Toman. Pet sitter SEO, or they can always send me uh, an email at amy at petsittersseo.com. And as far as I know, you know, you can also Google me. You can look at my website. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It still comes cool. up, but it needs to be like a little bit more redesigned, a little change around my content a little bit. Are you guilty of what everybody else is guilty of, of putting your clients first and not applying your expertise onto your own page? Yes. And and I will tell you, I actually, I've actually thought of having somebody else kind of spiff up my site because not in terms of the, the content, but in terms of the design, because I will tell people flat out, if you come to me and you get, and you get like a consultation or you get a report from me, the goal of that report is not for you to hire me to fix it, like to go in and do the editing or for me to build you a new website. I don't do that. And it's not, that's just not my thing. So like when I say, you know, you should do this, you should do that. People come back to me and go, how do I do that? And I'm like, okay, there's about eight different platforms out there. So I could tell you how to do it, but it's just not my thing to do right. it per se. I know how, but I just don't. So I'm getting there. It's It's been a little bit and I know I have to kind of, I have to get to it. I know what I want. I just have to go in and play with it a little bit. It's making fine. the time. It's making the time. When I was a dog walker, I had to force myself to walk my own dogs because I was coming home from walking 12 dogs or 12 houses worth of dogs. And then I'd have to come home at four o'clock and my dogs are all like, let's go. And I'm like, oh, all right, let's go. Let's go. I had to rally. So I told totally hear it. Chefs yeah. don't like to cook when they come home either. <laughs> you know, it's very true. And you know what? It's hard too, because I've gotten to the point too, that I will work like, I usually work around 12-ish hours a day. So if you're staring at the screen that long, after a while, I have you're trouble done. getting to sleep. Or if I get to sleep, I can't stay asleep. Mm -hmm. So I'm still trying to, to wrangle like the perfect, and that's like a new thing for me, because I never used to have a problem with that. But I think it's, again, I think it's partially with the eye strain. So I think that um, that this is something else that I'm, that I'm just trying to work out. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Here's to you for being yes. a guest and for sharing your expertise with us. Ching thank ching. you very much. It was wonderful. And yes, I am indeed. I don't know if you can see it on my shirt. I am covered in pet hairs. There you ah, go. Perfect. Here's to our executive producer, Mark Winter, who I believe is also covered in pet hair all the time. Thank you for making this show possible. Here's to our listeners at Pet Life Radio and our viewers on YouTube. Here's to a life covered in pet hair because there's no better way to live. Cheers. Cheers. I always drink after cheers because I hear it's bad luck if you just say cheers and then just hold it up and don't do it. So no bad luck here. I can't have any more bad luck. With the COVID year we've had, I can't have any more bad luck. If you want to learn more about Covered in Pet Hair, please visit CoveredInPetHair.com or PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.